Hello and welcome to the Passenger Seat Podcast, a podcast designed to fill your passenger seat with chat about classic cars, all recorded from my 1968 Morris Minor Peggy. I'm Becca and today I'm going absolutely nowhere. Um, I'm sat on my driveway in Peggy because unfortunately after recording the podcast last week I fell quite ill um, and I ended up po- testing positive for COVID. So we're still at home, um, isolating, keeping ourselves nice and safe. Um, but I really wanted to get this podcast out to you guys this week um, because I'm really pleased with it and I'm hoping you're going to find it really interesting as well. So we're sat on the driveway recording the intro so that you can see uh, the next part of the podcast. My quirk of classic car ownership for you today is that we have loads of stories and lots of really fascinating stories that perhaps you hear over and over again when you're a classic car owner and you go to events, but it does make you wonder what will happen to those stories as time goes on. And that was really one of the reasons that I wanted to start my podcast, um, was to try and record some of these stories that I'd heard, some stories that I remember hearing again and again and again whilst growing up going to car events. And I wanted to try and document some of those um, for other people to hear and for kind of them to be remembered for longer than perhaps the people who have been telling these stories for the past 10, 15, even 50 years. Um, so that these stories might outlive them. Um, I've got a background as a a bit of a historian with my undergraduate degree and so that's really appealed to me when I've thought about making this podcast. So I had a kind of a bit of a think before I went to the Singer Owners Club uh, National Weekend about how I might be able to try and incorporate more of those sorts of things into the podcast going forward and what I kind of came up with was the idea that even if Peggy's not moving, she is still kind of my podcast studio. And what would be really nice is that when I'm at events with these sorts of people, that perhaps it would be really difficult for me to meet up with and take for a drive. Um, I invite them to climb into the back seat of Peggy and uh, tell me some of their stories about their time with classic cars or for them to uh, tell me about what got them into classic cars um, and tell me about some of the cars that they own there and then and also what they're thinking about the event that they're kind of at. Um, So I tried this out at uh, the Singer Owners Club National. Um, I wanted to do it there because that was the events that I grew up going to and hearing those stories in the first instance and because I knew that those guys would be really helpful and interested in getting involved and I wasn't disappointed. I got two really good interviews with uh, Arthur Mitchell, who is the chairman of the Singer Owners Club, and with Gifford Wright, who has been the editor for the club magazine for a really long time. Um, He probably doesn't want me to say. Um, So um, without further ado, I'm going to let you listen to the kind of quick 10, 15 minute interviews that I conducted with these two guys. Um, I'd really be interested to hear what you think about this sort of podcast style uh, being a little bit different to what I normally do and whether you'd like to see more of it. I've obviously got, hopefully, uh, all things being well, I'm going to Morris Minor Owners Club Nationals this weekend. So if I get really good feedback about this, I'd be really keen to uh, conduct a couple more interviews like this in Peggy. 
over that weekend as well. So let me know. Without further ado, enjoy these stories and um, I'll wrap things up for you at the end of the podcast. Hello, and we're here with Arthur Mitchell, who is the chairman of the Singer Owners Club. And um, we're at on the field, actually, doing something a little bit different today. And um, all the cars are further up. Uh, we're down in the non-Singer section, because they very kindly allowed anyone who's in the club and has other cars to come along as well, if their singer's not on the road, or if they're currently using another car. So we're, we're tucked away quite nicely, but you might hear the buzz of a few people enjoying the cars parked around us. So we're going to talk to Arthur today about uh, what got him into singer ownership and uh, his enjoyment of these sorts of weekends. But we'll start off with what got you into the singer ownership. I liked the pre-war cars generally. Yep. I did have a Triumph Gloria for a little while. Oh, lovely cars then. Now, now they're very good. Coventry Climax engine. The car was called Samantha. Oh, lovely name. Ex-Derby County Police car in its original original days. Um, that didn't quite work out for various reasons. And there was an advert in the Western Morning News, I seem to remember, uh, down in Plymouth and yeah. Devon and Cornwall, uh, for a singer that needed a bit of work. And I went to look at it, and it was in Kingsbridge area. Yeah. Arrived at this um, house, farm, place, uh, to be greeted by a Great Dane dog that immediately put its paws on my shoulder. And I'm six foot something. Yeah. A very large dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did buy the car. It was a chassis, a pile of bits and pieces, had the wrong engine in it, and bits of bodywork, not very much else. I went to college. Uh, I think I was about 15 or 16 then. I went to college. Um, that one languished. I went to London working, teaching. I eventually bought another one and that one got pushed back to one side. So I actually never did restore that car. All these new toys come in and you end up kind of pushing one to the <laughs> side. To the side. So I ended up restoring another singer, 1934 Sports Saloon. Uh, and that one did go and did get restored and did get used lots and lots. And about 20 years later, a friend finished the other car off, which is rather nice. I'd done an engine, I'd done a chassis, bits of the bodywork. Cool. And it was nice that you got to see it when it was done it's as well. Still, it's still got it, it's lovely, yeah. and it's beautifully done. And it's lovely, I imagine you've had a drive in it. And I'm, No, I oh. must do that one. Though. Yes, you should, absolutely, <laughs> just to kind of finish the story off. That's right. So how many singers do you have now? Um, it's easy to say too many, <laughs> but it's actually five, and they're all pre-war. Oh, wow. Yes. But there's, there's one up for sale at the moment? I'd prefer you... to get rid of two. Two, okay, <laughs> brilliant. Um, so what's what's the kind of the, the fleet at the moment sitting as? Um, the 34 Sports Saloon, which I've had for about 40 years. Yeah. Um, the 36 one that you were photographing earlier, the blue one, the yep. four-seater sport. Uh, there's actually two 36 Le Mans. One isn't finished and the other one is up and running and all nice. And then this huge thing that my daughter calls the taxi. <laughs> Um, a big, big one and a half litre, huge black, totally unrestored, totally original. That's the oily, oily rag, oily one, rag. isn't it? That's I love that one. Rag. I remember when you bought it to Kim Bolton. Yes, I did. And yeah, it was really lovely to see. <laughs> and I think that was kind of the first time I'd seen a singer 
that like big. that and that big <laughs> and yeah really the really, usual really reply is i didn't know singer had made cars as big as that yes it's huge yeah uh, i mean it puts it's even next to a senior it, it looks yeah. pretty big it does know? it does so what what's attracted you to pre-war cars rather than the later stuff that singer did uh I had lots of the root singers, as you might yeah. term them. I had two chamois, a gazelle, and various other bits and pieces. And I've always stayed, for some reason, with the pre-war cars. Yeah. Just one of those things. I find them simpler to work on. Yeah. You've got a hankering after them. You use the correct size spanners. Yes. Yeah. Nice? <laughs> yeah. Whitworth spanners. And there's even, and the thing with Singer is that even though you've got a lot of pre-war cars, they made so many little changes between mm -hmm. every year, even oh, on the did. same make. And it took me years to, I mean, I'm still not there, to kind of work out which car's which because of, oh, the, the wing shape's different on this one. Or yes, the dad, dad's educated you well on this, hasn't he? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, for years, I'd come along and be like, from the front, you'd go, oh, that one's like Nelly. But then you go around the back and, oh, no, Nelly's a long tail and that one's got the right. the fuel tank and stuff on yep. the back. So yep. you, there's quite a lot of variety in that pre-war period. I keep saying singers couldn't make their minds up. Yes. Every year they had to do something different. And, I mean, I'm sure it made great variety for consumers at the time. Possibly. But it makes it, makes it difficult when you've bought one now to get yeah. the exact part that you need for your yes, year. Yes, very which much. Is... But it makes it complicated and little changes every yeah. year, little bits and pieces. Yeah. Made yeah. it difficult. Absolutely. And so you've been here all weekend. Were you here from do you do Wednesday, Wednesday? Wednesday onwards. Wow. So you've been here all weekend. So <laughs> yeah. you're probably exhausted by that. It's getting tiring, tiring. at the yes. end of the afternoon, yes. What's been kind of your highlight of this sort of weekend? It's the friendship of the club. It's yeah. it's all those people gathering. Every day a few more arrive. Yes. Until today when you've got the show, everybody static was yeah. for the three four days we've been driving around the countryside and visiting places and museums and yeah absolutely railways and whatever else yeah, we, yeah so we only came from friday evening onwards yeah. and yesterday it was really great to kind of catch glimpses of people and oh hello i haven't seen you for ages and stuff oh three but, years yeah well yeah covid what's that word are we allowed to use that word yes yeah <laughs> i don't think it's been banned on youtube and spotify yet but the yeah absolutely it's been so long since you've seen people and so you catch people or you might get the joy of following them mm. on, on the route maps and stuff yeah but then yeah having the sit down on the sunday and being able to kind of just oh yes, oh, and, yes. and the gala dinner last night is a good opportunity to there was chat. a lot of, lot of chatter wasn't yes there? yeah and catch up with people and meet new people that you didn't realize that's that you right knew. yes yeah, yeah. No, yes good and how long have you been coming to Nationals? Can you remember your first? Well, I came along probably to learn about the car when I was rebuilding that sports saloon. It's yes. a good place to learn things. It is, so yeah. So you go along and pick people's brains. And I think I took a chassis the first time with bits of wood on it yeah. and an engine. And the first bit of advice I had was the, um, the shock absorbers on the back. You've got them upside down. <laughs> Little things like that. <laughs> it's great. You, it works. Yeah, with your first time with the car, yeah. you wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Just brilliant. took the chassis on the trailer, took it along, never even took it off the trailer. Yeah. It sat up there, people could look at it. Yeah. And, and, that's, and, and that's the and advice. Give you the advice that you needed. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Arthur. That's right. And uh, hopefully, we'll get a few other people in the car to have a little chat as well, um, just to give you an idea of kind of what the club's about and what people have been enjoying this weekend.
Okay, so we're now joined by Gifford Wright, who is the editor for the Singer Owners Club magazine. How long have you been doing that for? Well, I always have to think hard, but I think this is just coming into my 43rd year. And is, <laughs> and is it the first year that you've been up a ladder to take photographs? It is. is it? I don't like heights, I even four step ladders, but I did that today to try and get some sort of shots rather than flat shots, but a few elevated shots, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, good. Because yeah. so, you've been working hard to try and add a few more photos of and variety to the magazine over the last few well, years. I made it a policy of mine that you had winners and you had people who didn't win and all the winners were in the magazine. But yeah. I just thought it was right that actually everybody appeared. So, yeah. Yeah, they're all in. They're all in. And it's been really nice. Uh, like we said last night at the dinner, it's been nice to kind of be able to, if you've come along, you can spot yourself in the magazine when it comes to your doorstep a few months later. <laughs> so. What is it that got you into singers in the first place? Well, I had a friend uh, uh, when I was 16 at school and he just became 17 and he bought an MG uh, TC. Yeah. Uh, this would have been in 1964 or something like that. And uh, I loved the open air motoring, but it, a TC was just two seats. Yeah. And uh, one summer his cousin came to stay in a singer sports four-seater. Yes. And I thought, that's it. You could get so much more sociable. You could actually get five of us in it at that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And we used to go to the pub and all sorts of things and lark, lark about. And it was just great fun to have such a sociable car. And I just suddenly decided when I could drive, I want one. Yeah. So when I got to 16 and a half, I found one for £25. Wow. <laughs> delivered. Uh, and this sort of mound of rust came off a trailer <laughs> on outside my parents' house. And my next door neighbour and I spent two years rebuilding that. Uh, my dad bit me, bit me 50 quid, it would never turn a wheel. And I probably spent 2,000 pounds over, over that rebuild period. Yeah. And I got my 50 quid and that made much more to me <laughs> than anything else. And then that friend, uh, that friend's cousin, he got married, his wife, didn't like the hobby, so he offered me the car that I'd originally seen. Yeah. So I bought that. So then I had two singer nines, um, and then the sort of illness took over in that you're addicted, and uh, I bought three more singers over the years, of which I've still got three. Yeah. So One, what have you got now then? So. so I've got the original singer nine that I bought for 25 quid. Wow. Still running, still fine. Um, I've got the friends. Uh, cousins one which uh, is another singer nine sports from 37 i then got uh, i bought a silent six saloon yep which i got help to rebuild for me in blackburn and uh one of our one of our restorers at the time no longer with sadly and i kept that for a few years but we didn't we didn't really like closed motoring particularly yeah so we just liked the open air motoring so i sold that and uh i have a one half liter sports uh, which is a lovely touring car, brilliant touring car with much stronger. Highly recommended, line. but very hard to get hold of. Very difficult to get hold of. I think, like I, think I, heard, teeth, really. I think I heard six, is there? I think we know about 12. Oh, right, okay. okay. Yes, yes. But they made a lot more coupes yeah. and uh, ones that, of course, are really loud to the sports. Yes. The open, yeah. the open ones. Still got that. We're going to Spain in it next uh, end of this month uh, for a tour for two weeks. Yeah. Which would be great fun, even in the heat. But <laughs> there we go. 
and the last car that I bought was uh, the gold medal car of Etty Hague's one and a half litre sports one uh, won the Olympic an Olympic gold medal in 1936 in the Berlin Olympics yes and uh, we enjoyed that car it looked great uh, we enjoyed going out and about in it but we could never go far because it was so uncomfortable because I'm a big guy yeah and it was built uh, for shortish people yes because the engine was moved back about seven yeah. inches from the Singer 9 and my knees were sticking into the steering wheel the rest of the steering wheel was in my tummy we'd move the seats and had them bolted down as far back as we could there was not enough room for my elbows and it was just generally uncomfortable and although it had a lot of prestige that car it was in fact uncomfortable so yeah. we decided reluctantly that it would have to go within the next two years and I met a French guy who I helped find a Singer 9 engine where we live in Caterham in Surrey he came over from France looked at the one and a half litre gold medal car and he said one day I must have this car and I said well I'm going to sell it in two years time so he asked me what the price would be and I told him and then he he, he gave me a 10% deposit there and then wow and he said when can I come back for it I said well actually it's quite busy in this garage you could come back for it next month if you want and he paid me the balance a week before he came to collect it very honorable oh. French guy and yeah. uh, he's he's had some technical problems with it since he got it but he'll get it all sorted he's yeah. quite a good engineer he has 30 no, 41 motorbikes in his cellar this French oh guy. so he's got he's he got a little bit about mechanics yeah he's got yeah. lots of experience yes. and but it's such a cool car to have owned and it was really yes. wonderful because you used to bring it to shows quite yes, a bit yes, and I saw yes. it so many times yes. and to hear the story of Betty Haig and see the car yes, yeah. it was it, it was, was really it was a very emotional car yes um, we felt a lot of emotion towards it but it I don't like cars that sit in garages and don't no. do anything uh, if we have a car we use it and we didn't use that because we just didn't enjoyment out of it because it wasn't enjoyable to drive. And the thing is you know that it's gone to someone who had that emotional reaction yep. to it yep. and is, is going to get the use out of it and yes. that's that's the important yes. thing really. And on the day he came to collect the engine that I'd found him he said could we have a drive in it? So I said yes happily but you can't drive it I'll have to drive it and it was really going well at the time and I shot off down the road with it he could not believe the power from yeah. the one and a half litre uh, unsupercharged engine three carburetors on that model of course and overhead cam and he just couldn't believe the power in it yeah and, uh, that made him even more certainly wanted it <laughs> oh brilliant yeah. so how long have you been coming to national weekends oh i think my first one was 1968 so i was about this will give my age away <laughs> it? i think i was about 19 at the time or something yeah. like that so yes uh 68 it would have been so and what that, is it that you enjoy about the national weekends uh, National Weekend itself. Oh, just our friendships. You yeah. Know, the, the people we know here. Yeah. And it's been nice that I've spotted quite I a few... I get emotional thinking about yeah. it. You know. It's been quite nice that I've spotted quite a few new people this year. Yes, yes. And they've been so enjoyed how much they've been welcomed. Because oh. I've tried to catch up with a few of them. Because um, I've seen them from Instagram and Facebook groups uh -huh. and stuff that you've uh -huh. got. And, yeah, it's been good that they've felt so welcomed as, alongside the people that have been coming as long as yourself. It's a people club. You know, we're here to praise a particular model manufacturer that, that hasn't been around for 50 years. And uh, why are we all so fascinated by this hobby? I don't know if it's the people. Hmm. And we've always made sure that the ladies are well looked after. Um, 
so they they must enjoy our weekends and so on as much as we do which is why there's so many of them here it's not just a gents club that sort of thing yeah it's very much a um a families club and you see the number of families that are here today yeah yeah absolutely and hopefully that means the next generation will be interested in cars uh some of the people we've talked i've talked to today you know the, this chap here with two sons and they both sort of want to be in the motor industry and they just want to work on old cars they don't want to walk, work on modern ones yeah which no. is always encouraging good yes. and what's been your highlight of this particular weekend ah uh, well i suppose the dinner last night saturday night's dinner was great fun yeah um, i take a photograph of every table and uh, we had what about 120 people last night it was a I suppose. big so big turnout 12 tables of 10 and uh, the rapport that you have with those people yeah uh, is is rather special yeah so i always enjoy that dinner um, i must commend the seating plan because we ended up sat next to a family that we didn't recognize the names of but turned out had lived down the road from us when we'd lived up in chester really? and had known the family and stuff and but we didn't realize who they were on paper but then when we mm. got there and started mm. talking mm. to them they were like oh yeah no we remember mm. so that was, it's very well thought out you end yeah. up speaking to people that you might not realize you know but yeah well the seating plan is always quite a special thing to do i don't do it personally but we all get asked you know about this that and the other when we sit down and talk about it in advance and yeah. it's, it's really uh, quite interesting how we try and mix and we don't let cliques form and that sort of thing you know we uh, we just make sure that everybody uh, everybody's going to have a good time and when you listen to the the row at the end of the evening yes. going on in that room you know you know that everyone's had a great evening so mm. Well, it's been great to speak to you, Gifford. Thank you very much for clambering into the back of the, the Morris Minor. Not... It would be more interesting clambering out. <laughs> like I suspect. Hopefully it's been almost as comfortable as Betty Hague's uh, singer. More, much more well, Oh, brilliant. Like well, I'm, I'm going to get that printed and put on the front of the car now. More comfortable than Betty Hague's singer. That's it. Okay, thank you very much. So I hope you really enjoyed hearing those stories and hearing about the cars and the experiences that these guys have had with the Singer Owners Club. Um, it was really nice to talk to them and even though I'd been going to these events for years and years and years, there were stories that they told me whilst they were sat in the car there that I'd never heard. Um, so it was really nice to capture those and hear them um, for the first time and also hear some of those stories that um, I've heard a few times before for you guys to hear as well. Um, thank you ever so much for listening. Like I said at the start of the podcast, if you enjoyed this style and you'd be interested in hearing a few more of these sorts of things, um, let me know either via Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. But with that kind of said, thank you again ever so much for listening. Drive safely and happy motoring.